Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today. Hey, we're Aaron and Jennifer Smith with Marriage After God. Helping you cultivate an extraordinary marriage. And today we're going to talk about asking God to search our hearts. Welcome to the Marriage After God podcast, where we believe that marriage was meant for more than just happily ever after. I'm Jennifer, also known as Unveiled Wife. And I'm Aaron, also known as Husband Revolution. We have been married for over a decade. And so far, we have four young children. We have been doing marriage ministry online for over seven years through blogging and social media. With the desire to inspire couples to keep God at the center of their marriage, encouraging them to walk in faith every day. We believe the Christian marriage should be an extraordinary one, full of life, love, and power that can only be found by chasing after God. Together. Thank you for joining us in this journey as we chase boldly after God's will for our life together. This is Marriage After God. Welcome back to another episode of the Marriage After God podcast. The most amazing podcast you've ever been listening to. Yeah, if you're married, for sure. <laughs> Actually, I think we have people that are not married listening to us. Hey, that's good. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, which is awesome. As usual, we want to invite you to leave us a, a quick review. A star rating is the easiest way to do it. All you have to do is scroll to the bottom of the podcast app and hit the star. Um, but if you have a little bit extra time, you can leave us a text review also, and that helps lots of people see the episode, see, see the podcast, um, because it comes up in the rankings the more reviews they have. So that'd be awesome if you can do that. If you've been blessed by this show, um, we just invite you to do that. And thank you to everyone who has already left a review and star rating. We really appreciate that. Yeah, there's tons of them. We have uh, over 600 star ratings and like 70 or 80 text reviews, which is amazing. And so encouraging to us. Yeah, I go through and I read them and I, I send them, I'll text pictures of them to, to my wife uh, so she can see what they, they say. They're really encouraging. Uh, so we wanted to also invite you to um, uh, check out our online store, shop.marriageaftergod.com where my wife and I have written a 30-day devotional bundle for husbands and wives. We've also written a prayer book bundle for husbands and wives. And it's also where we're going to be launching our new book next year, Marriage After God, which this podcast was started because of. And that, that comes out next year. So if you want to support our podcast, if you love the content, just go to shop.marriageaftergod.com. For those listening who, like you said, maybe aren't married yet, we also have a book bundle for them. Oh, and yeah. it's uh, prayers for your future husband and wife. So you can check that out as well. Thank you for that reminder. So that, that's, that's how we get support for our podcast. If you, if you love it, if you want to support the podcast and the content, uh, check out our store and pick up one of our books. That'd be awesome. So before we get into the topic, I'd love to do an icebreaker. This is something we're going to we're gonna try doing. It's a new part of our show. And so uh, it actually reminds me of when we used to lead a marriage table 
back at our old church, babe. Do you remember the um, how we do icebreakers in the beginning of all of the the sessions? Yeah, it was super fun. I think it was just a, a way for people to get to know each other on a real quick kind of surface level basis. And so I think it'll be fun. I think it'll give our listeners just a little bit more insight into us. Yeah, and sometimes it'll be fun. There might be like a little game or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, so here's the icebreaker. What is your favorite candy? Mm, that's a good one. I have lots of favorite candies. Um, I tend to lean more towards the chocolate, which... When I think of candy, I think of hard, like sour tart mm-hmm. things. Um, so I don't know how other people would answer this, but I would just say like a good Snickers bar, good chocolate bar. Something, do you like the nougaty center? What's in a Snickers <laughs> bar? Peanuts? Um, yeah, <laughs> there's like caramel, nuts, the nugget, all of it. Mm. Or is it nugget? I don't know. Nugget? I don't know what it's called. It, it's, I think it's nougat. <laughs> Nugget. Okay, so now you ask me an icebreaker question. All right, so you're drinking a cup of coffee right now. What yes. do you like in your coffee? How do you take it? Let everyone know. Black. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't put anything in my coffee. Boring. <laughs> just I kidding. like it that way. <laughs> I uh, Just espresso and water. Hot water, of course. So that's, that. I don't know if anyone knew that about me. I just like black coffee. Yeah, it is boring. I don't put any sugar, no cream. Um I don't even like eggnog in my coffee, even though I love eggnog. I've never even heard of someone putting eggnog in coffee. Why would you even say that? <laughs> like an eggnog, eggnog latte. Oh, I'm not really a coffee drinker, so I don't know what's available. I don't know what's out there. Yeah, it's the season for eggnog. That's why I brought it up. Um, I'd rather just have a cup of eggnog with a cup of coffee next to it. Okay, so icebreaker done. But I want to uh, another thing we're going to add to um, our podcast is I'm going to I'm reading a book right now. And I'm going to read a quote from it. And so I, I think what we're going to try and do is just take little quotes as we're reading through um, books and materials that, you know, we are checking out and going through. And the one I'm currently reading is Letters to the Church by Francis Chan. And the quote is on page 78. And it's this. Scripture is clear. There is a real connection between our unity and the believability of our message. If we are serious about winning the lost, we must be serious about pursuing unity. And I just love that because we've been talking a lot about unity in our church lately. Um, A theme in our life lately over the last few years has been unity. Just Mm -hmm. learning to fall in love with the body of Christ and fall in love with other believers um, in the way the Bible has called us to. So that just really spoke to me last night when I read it. So I love that quote, and I think it's um, pertinent to what we're going to be talking about today, specifically just introducing um, what we want to talk about today, because it mm-hmm. kind of started out with a little messiness in um, in a relationship uh, that contributed to what we're going to share today. Do you want to yeah. share a little bit more about so that? So in our, in our small home church, you know, we have a handful of families, and when you walk so closely with people, there's just going to be some messiness sometimes. There's going to be stickiness. There's going to be hard things. It's mm-hmm. why the Bible talks a lot about our relationships with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, the majority of the Bible is not just our relationship with God, but how he desires us to walk with one another. Right, which I really appreciate that about the Bible. I think that it gives us all the tools and um, encouragement and guidance on navigating the messy parts of relationships. Yeah, and for the purpose of unity, which is what you just shared. Exactly. On. And we're not going to talk about the specific situation. We're not going to talk about the specific people. Well, here's the thing is everybody listening right now can can 
relate to this. Like there, no matter what relationship that you are a part of, there's going to be messiness. So what, what all of our listeners can do is as they hear what we're talking about, they can, um, superimpose their own experiences to fill in the blank. And, um, because we don't need to give those details, but cause what we want to talk about is what happened after because <laughs> yeah. of that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, maybe you can give a little bit of synopsis of what happened over the last you know, few days and maybe what led up to this. And we can talk about our conversation we had. Okay. So, um, so there was this relational messiness that was going on and uh, you were sharing with me late Saturday night that it on your way home um, God had used that situation to prompt your own heart mm-hmm. to um, kind of confront some things yeah the um, I took what was going on and in the midst of what was going on immediately began to internalize and look inward and say okay um, who am I in this scenario? Who am I at home? Mm. And I felt like God started just really uh, pointing out in me things and calling out in me things, which is, I believe is what we should be doing whenever we confront hard things, whenever we, we, we walk in trials with our brothers and sisters. uh, I feel like the fleshly response is to look outward and say like, Oh, look at this. Look who's at fault. This happened. They did this, but the spiritual response should be to look internally and say, what, who am I? Mm-hmm. You know, what does God want to do in me? How does God want to use this situation to change me, transform me, make me more like him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were sitting on the couch um, that night after the kids went to bed and you started sharing this with me, kind of like um, as if this situation pulled up a mirror to your mm-hmm. own life. And what was the specific thing that God revealed to you? He revealed to me a few things. <laughs> he revealed to me um, specifically my harshness at times with my children. Mm-hmm. Um, that my, although I've been growing a lot and I've been, at, we're, you know, we're trying really hard to disciple our children well and be consistent with them and discipline them well and, and train them well and raise them well and love them well. Um, I have some areas of my heart and areas of my character that need to be changed. And he used this hard situation in our, in other relationships in our fellowship to show me this. Mm-hmm. So what you didn't know um, going into this conversation with me was that I had also been wrestling with some similar thoughts um, just about the way that I sometimes react or respond to the kids. And mm-hmm. earlier that day was just a struggle for me. And um, uh, I just was short with the kids, you know, a little negative in, in my responses toward them. And I felt really bad about that. And, um, you know, we sat there for about an hour and a half weeping over these types of responses because our kids don't deserve that. You know, our Mm -hmm. kids don't deserve us to be, you know, um, short tempered or Mm. quick in our responses or, you know, um, what are some of the other things? Harsh stares, the way we look at them, uh, the words we choose to use, the way we word our, our, um, messages to them. Mm -hmm. And it's not that we're like this all the time, but there are specific situations or circumstances that happen that, that, um, we respond to in fleshly, this way, yeah. fleshly. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And what's f- what's funny about this and how God works is, 
our conversation in the, on the couch that night started as a, as a debrief of what we've been dealing with mm-hmm. outside of this conversation. This wasn't even a, uh, a conversation we were having. And then it just mutated very quickly into a very internally focused, um, intrinsically focused conversation mm-hmm. about our own, you know, we should call it sin. Cause mm-hmm. that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, us not walking rightly and us walking in the flesh is sin. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the first thing I think of is, you know, the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, mm-hmm. us not being peaceful with our children, us not being patient with our children, us not being kind or gentle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's sin because mm-hmm. right before that statement about the fruits of the spirit is the fruit of the flesh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and although we were going through something very hard and, and what I think happened is we are already spiritually sensitive because of the things we are going through and the other relationships. Well, and we were kind of talking, the conversation started out with the different perspectives of that situation Mm -hmm. and kind of going to God and saying, what's going on? What's happening and what needs to happen for reconciliation or unity within the body, within these other relationships. And then, like you said, it kind of just internalized. And I feel like what happened sitting on the couch with you that night is it was almost like God had a bucket you know, going down into a well and he was drawing it up and it was like the bucket was pouring over, you know, and I felt like he was pulling it out of me. Mm -hmm. All these things that I wasn't really struggling with in that moment until all of a sudden the the light shined on my heart. I think I said one phrase and it just triggered this whole conversation and, and, and softening of our hearts and a revealing of our sin and a conversation that led us to just dive in of like who we are, what we do, are these things going to remain or mm-hmm. are we going to change them and, mm-hmm. and remove them? Well, I remember too, like, um, when a few days before this was happening, um, I remember driving down the street and I had the same conviction about my role in relationship with my kids. And I brushed it off with the justification of, well, I'm not as bad as some people, or, mm-hmm. you know, I don't do it that often. And I had these justifications that made me just kind of like push it aside. And we should never push aside convictions like that. We, you know, I, and I was realizing that. it's so easy to. I know. (laughs) I know it really is. Um, Because confronting those things makes us feel ugly. Yeah. And that's not fun. Yeah. So all of a sudden my flesh goes, well, you're not that terrible. Mm -hmm. You know, when really the things that I should, that I was doing, I should definitely stop Mm -hmm. um, and recognize. And so, man, that was, that was a good conversation sitting with you on the couch that night it was a necessary one and and so are we why are we bringing this up to our audience are we are we talking about parenting no no (laughs) no it actually has nothing to do with parenting no it in our case it had to do with parenting it also had to do with we had some conversations about our marital relationship yep and how we treat each other yeah, the, the words we use. The are we are we walking in the in the roles God's ca- called us to, mm-hmm. or are we going outside those? Aren't we fighting against them? Mm-hmm. Um, because we've grown so much in those areas, but at the same time, we we can't forget that we aren't perfect yet. Mm-hmm. That God's still sanctifying us and He's changing us, and He He does it in specific ways. Mm-hmm. And so, I just wanted to bring up a a scripture that um, illustrates this really well. It's Proverbs seventeen three. And it says, the crucible is for silver and the furnace is for gold and the Lord tests hearts. And Proverbs uses this illustration several times. And a crucible is a big old hot pot that you would throw metal into and it melts it down and you melt it and melt it and melt it, especially with precious metals like silver and gold. And what happens is the more you heat it up, the more you, um, you, you boil it, the dross, 
the impurities float to the top and then you can scrape it off the top mm-hmm. and then you keep heating it and then more impurities come up to the top and you scrape it. That's what a crucible and a furnace is for, for gold and silver. And I believe God was using this situation in our church with some of these relationships that we were having, um, that we were, we were navigating issues with as a crucible for our hearts. He was, it was a spiritually sensitive situation. There's, we're, we're, being required to be in the spirit and being praying and asking for the Lord's will and seeking after his, his answer for what's going on, which then brought to the surface in our hearts, some things <laughs> that he wanted to scrape away from us. Yeah. That's definitely what it felt like sitting on the couch with you that night. I just felt like he was, it was like kind of drawing it up. Yeah. But it was good. Mm-hmm. And I remember at the end of it, um, you, you said, well, we need to change. And then I cried some more and said, it's so hard. I don't know how to. And you're like, yeah, you're like well, what do I do? I feel like I want to change. And what, what? <laughs> and you weren't saying just you, like it, you're, it's us. us. Yeah. But you're like, I don't, I feel like I want to, but I don't know how to. And you said, we just do. God's already given us the Holy Spirit that empowers us. And we just need to. Yeah. It's, and for those that are listening, I'm sure they can think, remember we talked about the, the filling in the blanks, like they can think of a situation or uh, something in their life where, they're like, I just don't know how to change. Like, what do I do? And what's amazing is, and it sounds too easy, and I'm not trying to downplay the difficulty and the struggle that our spirit and flesh have with each other at times, but we can just change because we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Uh, do you remember the illustration I gave Elliot this morning during Bible time? We were talking about the Holy Spirit empowering us. And I, I used his. Oh yeah, it's yeah. Tony Stark. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> our son's uh, obsessed a little bit with Iron Man. He thinks he's the coolest guy ever. Yeah. So I was reading in this in Galatians, and it was talking about being empowered. And I and I told Elliot, I said, Elliot, do you think Tony Stark would be powerful without his suit? And he's like, Well, no, he's just a man. And I said, Well, but his suit gives him power. He can fly and shoot blasters. And I was giving all these like little illustrations. And I said, that's what the Holy Spirit is. You could see kind of the light bulb go on in his head like, oh, yeah. I said, without the Holy Spirit, we can't do anything. Which is the Bible tells us we can do nothing to please God without the Spirit of God. We can't do anything uh, apart from the Spirit. But with the Spirit of God, we can do everything. Everything that God wills for our lives, we could actually accomplish through the power of the Holy Spirit. And and yeah, he, his eyes did light up because I equated the Holy Spirit to Iron Man's suit. Um, <laughs> it's much more powerful than Iron Man's suit. Yeah. We have the living God inside of us. We have the the power that resurrected Christ from the dead in us. Mm-hmm. And so on the couch, I just, uh, I was like, I'm not trying to be harsh, but I think we just have to change today. Mm-hmm. We, we cannot continue in what we were walking in. We cannot continue to give ourselves excuses. We cannot continue operating the way we've been operating. I said, we just have to change. Mm-hmm. And then you also said, um, you said we need to ask God to search our hearts and in humility confront the things that he brings up. Yeah, like the dross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and deal with it. Allow him to search us. And I, that actually came, so right at the end of the night, I made a phone call to a friend and I told that friend, I said, you got, I said let God search your heart. Mm-hmm. And I get off the phone and immediately this conversation like broke out with us. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Not to be a hypocrite, 
I must take my own advice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, mm-hmm. I, and I was like, well, am I allowing God to search my heart? And so I just, I said, we need to let God search our hearts, search within us and show us the things he wants to cut out of us. Mm-hmm. He wants to change in us. And I, and I want to read, uh, all of Psalm 139. It's a Psalm of David, a man after God's own heart. The Bible calls him that God calls him a man after his heart. And I, as I brought up on Sunday when we, I was talking about this topic and what God was doing in us, I, I asked everyone, I said, do you want to be, do you want to be people that are after God's heart? And everyone raised yes. their hands and said, yes, yeah. and said, yes. And I was like, well, we have a template for that. Mm-hmm. Like we, we know someone who, mm-hmm. when they sinned against God and were confronted by God with it, confessed and repented and turned that moment. You know, there were still consequences in life, but that he, he was a man that get, showed us like, oh, when we walk this way, we can turn and walk the other way mm-hmm. and we can please God with our life. And so Psalm 139 says this, Oh Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know, when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, oh Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind me for and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or what shall I flee from your or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as day, for darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret... Intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake, and I am still with you. O that you would slay the wicked, O God! O men of blood, depart from me! They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. And what's so powerful about this scripture, first of all, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Just David's uh, ability to write poetry and Mm -hmm. song. He's very talented, Uh, but also his ability to show us the vastness of God's knowledge of us, Mm -hmm. that he knows us better than we know ourselves, better than anyone knows us. He was there before we were formed, knew, had thoughts about us before we formed, knew the days of our lives before they existed. And yet at the very end of this, he still asks this all-knowing God that knows everything about him, to search him and to know him and to know his thoughts and for the purpose of finding any grievous way in him 
And I just think if David did that, as people with the Holy Spirit in us who searches our hearts would sit down and say, Lord, is there anything in me you want out of me? I think it's important for us as believers to to do that. Yeah, I know. This is this is, it's just so beautiful and I love how you brought up that God already knows us like inside and out, every which way before we were even born. Like he's the one that knit us together. He is the one who um you know, made us in the secret place and I just I think that that um helps us trust him when we cry out to him and say, search me, O Lord, like we can trust God because he's the one that created us and he already knows us. Yeah. And he desires us of our own will to invite him to search us Mm -hmm. because we can be oblivious. Yeah, Uh, we can. Like it's not an excuse, but often we use it as the ignorance and obliviousness as an excuse of like, well, I didn't know or, Mm Well, how am I supposed to, you know, and I'm not perfect. We use all these words like you you said, well, I'm not that bad. Yeah. And I've done the same thing. I, I, when I come to these these thoughts that the Holy Spirit's prompting my heart, I say, well, I, I've changed a lot. Mm-hmm. And I used to be much worse and therefore mm-hmm. uh, I'll get better eventually. And it's not that bad. Well, we can't be blindsided if we are growing in spiritual maturity to think that we've ever reached, you know, the the pivotal place at the top where we're just like perfect. Yeah, we're, there. we're not we're not there yet. <laughs> we'll never be there until we're in the presence of God and we have to stand before him. That that's a it's a great point is we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. And so a can we humble ourselves enough to recognize that we're not there yet? Well, we have to. <laughs> yeah. We need to. Yeah, the Bible tells us that if we don't humble ourselves, we're going to fall. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to fall. I don't want to I don't want to in this in our scenario lose our kids. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just continue in these you know, every once in a while or every so often things that we deal with and then it embitter our kids to us. Mm -hmm. Or set the example so that when their parents, they respond in this way, like, let's just Mm -hmm. end it. Let's stop that and show them the right way. And, and ask, and ask God on our knees, change Mm -hmm. us. Make us better. Show us how you want us to be the the way everlasting. Yeah. Cause who benefits (laughs) from when we, when we cry out and say, search me, Oh God, of course we benefit from that. If we, if we, walk out and pursue what he has for us Mm -hmm. in um, purifying our hearts and purifying our lives. But who else benefits? The body, others, Mm -hmm. our our children, our spouse, our neighbors. Uh, It increases unity in the body of Christ and with other Christians. Other people benefit from us inviting God to search us and change us and draw things out of us. And what's awesome is the Holy Spirit's already doing this. His desire is to, is to sanctify us mm-hmm. and transform us from the inside out. But there's something powerful about acknowledging and recognizing that he wants to do that. Mm-hmm. And then the moment it's almost like, you know, opening the curtains or taking the glasses off or like, like you're like, Oh, like, yes, I want to, I'm going to look for the things you want to show me. So when you show me, I'm not going to sl- slough them off. I'm not going to uh, justify them away. I'm going to say, that's something you're showing me. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to change it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to walk in the, your spirit. You give me Lord, help me change it. You know, we, we woke up that next morning. How did you feel? Lighter and braver. Braver. Was it brave is a good word. Yeah. I just felt like, like we could do this. 
And the coolest part is that we're doing it together. Like you could have had that revelation from the Lord and just continued on and maybe ask God to search your heart without ever having that conversation with me. But because you entered into that conversation with me, we're able to not just have had an awesome conversation where intimacy took place in that moment, especially the word intimacy yeah. over our children. Like that was so beautiful to me, but that we get to keep each other accountable and walk through it together that, you know, day to day we're asking each other, Hey, how have you been? How have you been with your attitude? How have you been with your responses? Like that is what marriage is. That's a part of what marriage is for. Why God created, you know, two becoming one. Yeah. To help sanctify us. To yeah. So it's us. not just your journey with God, although that's important. It's our journey together and how God can move through our marriage. Yeah. And that next day, man, it, it did feel lighter. It did feel like we can accomplish anything with mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. It also it, it empowered us and made us ready for what God had next for us. And I don't know. I just, I want to encourage everyone listening to consider the things we're saying. You know, I, I asked everyone on Sunday, I said, go this week and ask God to search you. And it is scary. And I, I'm, I'm pretty sure there are people that haven't done it yet because they're like, okay, am I ready for this? Am I, <laughs> what's God going to show me, even though you probably already know? <laughs> yeah. And what's funny is just me even mentioning it. I bet you anything. What I kept things just immediately came to people's hearts. Well, what did I keep <laughs> saying on the couch that night when I was crying? Do you remember? Um, we said a lot of things. You <laughs> kept saying you can't or. I kept saying, why did you even say anything? Oh, yeah. Like three different times. I'm like, and, why oh, did yeah. you even say anything? Yeah, why did you I'm bring just, this up? I don't even like that you brought it up. <laughs> but I didn't mean it. It was no, just it was my flesh. Heart, yeah. yeah. Not wanting to confront certain things, but I know it needed to happen. And, and I, I'm so I remember, thankful. I remember telling you, I didn't bring it up. Yeah, God the Lord brought did. it up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm grateful for. I really am. Well, yeah. And, and don't you feel unified in our marriage that we know that we're trying to tackle hard things together, with parenting yeah. together? Yeah, I just love that. And what's funny is the more you're with someone, the more you're one with someone, the more your issues are the same. <laughs> like I think when we, we start copying each other, <laughs> when we first got married, I had my issues, you had your issues and we've slowly worked through a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Right. And now we're on the couch crying about the same the thing, same thing. <laughs> like our horrible parenting or our horrible attitude or our, and I'm, I might be exaggerating a little bit, but I, I feel like I'm not <laughs> like that. God wants us better. Well, in these here's areas. the thing. I don't think it matters what level I think that if it needs to change, he's going to prick your heart about it. And yeah. it's our job to have the courage to face it and allow God to transform us. That's the point. It doesn't matter what the level of harshness is. If there's any harshness, God wants it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, level is a good word because you actually mentioned a, a while ago, you've talked about how um, if something you were walking in a sin wasn't to the same level of something I was walking in. I disregarded it. You would be like, well, it's not that. It's not as bad as that guy. Yeah. At least I'm not like my husband. <laughs> <laughs> the things he's walking with. Stop justifying, Jen. We, <laughs> we can actually, we do that. You know. We, there's things that God might want to change in us. And what we do is we say, well, it's not. It's not one of the major sins, so it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> and God's like, wait, no, I'm not okay with any of it. You know, the Bible tells us to be holy as he is holy. And what that means is that we're pursuing the holiness, which means we're practicing it. In First uh, John, it tells us, it says, he who practices righteousness is righteous. Mm-hmm. 
And that's what God wants. He wants us to practice it and he teaches us these things. And so... What's the challenge for them? The challenge for them, the challenge for them is to sit down with their spouse and ask God to search them. As David said, search me, O Lord. Know my thoughts. See if there be any grievous ways in me. And if there are grievous ways and he reveals them to you, which he will, he's faithful and he wants this for us to have the courage to change. Yeah. And to realize that you, you can change and be transformed in those areas because the same Holy Spirit that just revealed those things to you lives in you, Mm -hmm. empowering you to be different, Mm -hmm. (laughs) to be a new kind of human. Yeah. As the Bible project always says, (laughs) a new kind of human that we can actually be godly people. Yeah. Um, and it's a journey. Yeah. And so that was our, our encouragement for everyone today mm-hmm. is to, to do what we just did yeah, and then to do it often. We're going to do it more often. We're mm-hmm. going to be, just, I'm going to, I mean, uh, kind of a constant prayer of like, okay, Lord, like, is there anything in me? Like change me, make us new. Yeah. Well, speaking of prayer, um, we ended the last episode, um, on spiritual stamina with a time of prayer together, which I really enjoyed. That was really awesome. And we just love that so much that we, believe that there's a necessity to be praying with you guys. So at the end of every Marriage After God episode from here on out, we're going to end with prayer. So you can look forward to ending each episode with us. And we just invite you to join us in prayer wherever you're listening. All right, I'm going to pray. Dear Lord, thank you for your holy word that guides us and challenges us to be transformed. We desire to be mature. We desire to be who you created us to be. We lay our hearts down before you. Please search our hearts, Lord, and see if there be any grievous way in us. Prune our hearts. Cut out what is sinful and unfruitful. Strip away the bad and replace it with your good. Reveal to us the areas of our lives that need to be repented of, that need to be changed, that need to be transformed. If there is anything we have been hiding, anything we have been avoiding, anything we have been unaware of, please open our eyes to it all and give us the courage to confront it. Lord, help us to deny our flesh and embrace the righteousness through your Holy Spirit living in us. May we never be prideful. May we never be convinced that we don't have room to grow. Search our hearts, O Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I hope that blessed everyone. Uh, Prayer is important. Mm -hmm. God calls us to pray without ceasing. And so uh, have this conversation with your spouse. Get in prayer and uh, see what the Lord reveals. Uh, So we thank you for joining us this week, and we hope it blessed you. We hope God's working in your lives. That's our constant prayer for you all, and we look forward to having you next week. Did you enjoy today's show? Find many more encouraging stories and resources at marriageaftergod.com, and let us help you cultivate an extraordinary marriage. Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers 
that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today.